Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monty Alden. My guest today is smiling because I'm going to get her name wrong, but I'll do my best. <laughs> Madelena Pasqua di Biscielli. That's perfect. Perfect. And the winery is called Musella. Mm-hmm. Where is the winery? It's in Verona. It's in the east part of Verona. Okay, and the wines that you make, the main ones? The main one is Valpolicella, Amarone, Ripasso. The local wines, actually. Okay, how big? How many hectares? 37. Okay, and it's family-owned? It's family-owned. And in which generation are you? Actually, I'm the first, or better, the third. Depends. Uh, the project started with my father in 1995. What's so his name? Emilio. So my father was already involved in the wine business, but differently. So he wanted to be a wine grower. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was... Uh, 23 years old, sort of. He asked me to join him in this adventure, and I said, um, I don't know if I'm interested. And then he said, uh, come to see the place, of course. And when I arrived there, I said, ah, this is my life, this is my future, I love this place. And so I started immediately. I was studying contemporary history, so really not uh, wine stuff. But uh, Moselle is such an amazing place. It's an oasis, it's a sort of national park. So Quite, what, make, um, what makes it special then? Whereabouts is it? Is the, it east the, of Verona, west of Verona? East of Verona, exactly east. And uh, is um, forest, uh, hills, little lakes, uh, Paradise, full of animals, and all the vineyards are surrounded by forest. And so, how how big is the estate in total, and how much? Five hundred hectares. It's huge. Yeah, to be Italian in in Italy is quite big. Yes. And how much is vineyard? In total, mine is thirty-seven. Then there are other in the flat area, but I don't know that much because I try to stay quite far from there because I I do biodynamic. And I really cry when I see they spray something chemical because it's such a pity. In but you don't do that on your your part, though. On your bit, it's all biodynamic, yeah? Yes, absolutely. So how long have you been biodynamic for? In 2009, so okay. it's almost 10 years now. And what changes did you see between before being biodynamic and going biodynamic in the wine and the vines? What were the changes that you saw and tasted? The vineyards is quite evident. Now I have no vineyards anymore. It's a garden. It's a garden full of uh, colored flowers, different flowers and vegetables. A lot of insects going up and down. So you basically think it is still a vineyard, but you've got um, plants growing between the rows. Yes, you've got a lot of yes. um, wild And now plant. I'm planting trees in the middle because I think it's very important to be back on the trees in the middle of the vineyards. Why? Uh, because uh, there is a communication. And so the wine is, for example, Valpuricelli is characterized being very close to the cherry taste. And since the beginning of the history, cherry trees were around the vineyards or into, or they use uh, the, the trees to to put the, the, the vines on. Uh, yeah, to like, climb up, promiscuous yes, culture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and simply this. And also, when you are working into the vineyards, because we mostly work by hand now, to have uh, a target, okay, I'll get to the tree and then I can relax a bit under the under the shadow and the, sh- under the, the shade. Yeah. The shade. And uh, it's different, even psychologically make you happy. And more, you're the birds going there and... You can hear them singing and... Yeah, it's completely different story. See, do you provide water for the birds if they get thirsty? Not anymore, because uh, they don't need it. The soil changed in such an amazing place. Wait, sorry. Because a lot of people say, hang on, you know, they can't see you today, but, you know, look at you, you've got, you're not like hippie, but you've got kind of long hair. 
and the way you talk about the trees with it, oh my God, she's off with the fairies, this lady, she's completely crazy. But um, so many biodynamic producers I've spoken to, you're sort of another one, love putting trees in their vineyard and conventional growers say, what are you doing? You know, you're gonna get birds, you're gonna eat your grapes, but you're gonna tell us there's a reason why they don't eat the grapes when you go biodynamic and you put all these trees. Why is that? What are they, what are they replacing the water with or the grapes with? What are they eating? In the in the soil to keep uh, the, the, uh, everything. There is so many things to 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 eat and to have. That so worms, worms, uh, insect, uh, vegetables. Uh, we have uh, or now a lot of vegetables uh, coming out by the Do you mean wild ones? Yes, because at the beginning I put a lot of green manure. Cover crops. Yeah, to re- feed the soil. Yeah, feed the soil. Plus to create to aerate the soil. What is very important to me is air in the soil, not the food. Because we consider now our soil everything like a human being, so it's sort of our sun. So they can breathe. The most important thing for you, what, is air. You can stay weeks without food, days without water, but just a few seconds without air. So yeah. that's, that's the first things we have to provide with. Doing this, the soil became absolutely more reactive and less uh, is more humid, full of humus, and is able to keep more the water. So when it rains, the water can infiltrate very slowly, you don't get any erosion. And when it's hot, because there's residual water in the subsoil, the vines can find what they want when they want it. Yeah, exactly. And so, giving no water anymore, you also reduce the hongos problem. I'm now treating the vines, not everywhere, but uh, in some spots, just with the cow milk, raw cow milk. On your vines? Mm-hmm. So that's, um, you're using that for oidio, no? Oidio and mildew and so, peronospora. So basically it sounds a bit crazy. It um, is, but if you think... Using, mil- using milk to treat the two main threats, the three main threats to vines are botrytis or grey rot, and then oidium, which is powdery mildew, and peronospora, which is downy mildew. Um, and what we're hearing is that milk based products are actually very effective against these without using things like copper or sulfur. Yeah, yeah because uh, the, the idea, uh, the concept is important. We don't want to kill anything anymore. And so even the copper, even if it's, uh, it's a lighter way, it's not going into the vine, is something is killing and is heavy and is still metal. So I'm still experimenting, but this is make me very happy and a lot of fun. And when you pass through and you smell this uh, yogurt. <laughs> but do you <laughs> not have any moments of real kind of stress? People say, hang on, if it, what, what happens in a really difficult year, a difficult vintage, surely your vineyard is just going to be annihilated by fungal disease uh, and things like uh, that. This is the, the funniest part. In 2014, when it was, we had a very difficult vintage. Very wet. Yeah, we had less problem than the, the chemical vineyards. And so my father was finally very happy because my only stress is I'm going a bit fa- faster than the other and so to convince them that we are doing the right thing and they have to take from their mind everything they had in the past because I know it's difficult this is why for me it's easier because I study contemporary history and not agriculture or or uh, enology, and so I have not these informations there. Yeah, you didn't get, I mean, in, invert, in inverted commas, everybody indoctrinated. Uh, there's only one way to grow wine, it's you need for the weeds, you so. have herbicide, for pests, pest, you have pesticide, and for fungal diseases, you have fungicide. So you kind of avoided that. Yeah. And you have a complete, that's why you have an open mind to have a completely different view. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, how much do you get into the kind of um, lunar cycles? Are you really into that, or do you? Uh, not that much, or better. I do it a lot with liquids, so filtration, eventually we do, we, we filter a couple of wines, and uh, a bottling, or when we move the wines. When you that, rack them. Yeah. yeah, I watch the moon, the phases. What about um, atmospheric pressure? 
pressione atmosferica. Yeah, well, just like if it's a cloudy day or a sunny day. Ah, but yeah, we we try to do in uh, in a sunny day mm-hmm. always. But according with that, the rest in the in the in the vineyards is more difficult because uh, I do it in my vegetable garden. But for the vineyards, it's too big to follow that, and, and honestly, I can't, unfortunately. What do you, what are your main markets? Your main markets for your wine? Uh, at the moment, is Scandinavia. It's both uh, Sweden and Norway. They're fantastic clients. Do they buy because you're bio, or do they buy because they like the wine, or they just buy? They both. Yeah. They both, and now they are buying more and more because it's biodynamic. So I, I was just there to ask them to, to stop because to I need. Yeah, I wanted to, to sell everywhere else also. Scandinavia, rest of Europe, Canada. Do you have any animals like cows or horses? Yes. I have um, a chicken going around in the One vineyard. chicken? No, no. Many chicken. Chicken, chicken. <laughs> Poor little chicken all on her own. Polly, Polly. Galline. <laughs> and then I have donkeys. A cow is not mine at the moment. I'm renting a cow. I have a cow. Uh, I have a guy having a lot of cows close to me, and it's the guy who's giving me the, the, the milk. Mm-hmm. Oh, the milk, and, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so. Oh, so it's totally, uh, it's just direct from the cow. Si, si. Oh, fantastic. I go in the night and I leave uh, uh, one night, if I have time, to separate the cream from the latticello, you see, yeah, the, the that the is moment. full of bacteria, and then I spray in uh, 10 liter per hectare. So do you dilute that at all, or is it just pure, you just a very fine spray with the milk, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like the copper, yeah. uh, like the, the same, same uh, mm. spray. So how I does it work in getting, in protecting the vines from downy mildew, peronospora? How does it actually work, the milk? Is it just something... It works that you feel the, 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 the environment of, bacteria, of life. So, so you, you leave less space to the hongos. Yeah. It's a sort of uh, stay away because this is my spot and I'm stronger. And so you can do it when you are really, really in balance with that. So you have to have a very alive situation. You can't spray milk after... The pesticide, yeah. yeah so but what you're saying is that the microbes in the milk, because mm-hmm. uh, they, they're a living organism, they stick to the leaf and they colonise it and they don't allow the bad guys like the Peronospora to, exactly. to arrive. Thank you for explaining. So <laughs> uh, what happens in conventional um, viticulture is you actually, st- with the conventional fungicide, you actually sterilise the leaves. That's the idea. They go, hey, listen, I'm a pesticide, I'm going to sterilise the leaf. And nature hates a vacuum. So as soon as you've sterilized that leaf, and don't forget you're only spraying part of the leaf canopy, so you've always missed the bit at the top where there are already the fungus disease organisms which are So when it rains the next time, they dribble down, they occupy, they totally colonize your vine, and then you're gonna be chasing your tail for the rest of the season. So this approach, um, we're using milk. These microorganisms, actually the beneficial ones from them, actually stick to the leaf. And so when it rains, some of them get lost, but most of them stay there. So it's a far more efficient way of, of uh, protecting your vine without spraying something that is potentially poisonous or, or whatever. I'm getting into polemics about that. But, so it's a very logical, it seems absolutely bonkers, this system. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but if you think about it, I'm saying all the things that you should be saying, but, but you're, you're, you're not creating any air miles. You're going to your local neighbor who has a cow. There's no technology there. You're getting the milk with your bare hands. There's no technology there. You're walking it back to your vineyard. No technology there. You're spraying it on the vine without any plastic packaging or, or plastic containers you've got to throw away or dispose of or end up in the sea getting some silly old, some poor defenseless whale. And you're, you're spraying something that's no air miles and it's very, very all joined up and very healthy and it works that's the point yeah it works yeah. in fact I was a little bit uh, worried at the beginning because uh, okay I'm the witch and always the crazy one and so and I had to convince everybody that it was working and I said, so I was a little bit sweating but then work it and the grapes were safer than others because even for the rot no rot in all the vineyard 
I mean, I'm not, I'm, I want to extend a bit to this. I'm just doing in a couple of vineyards that are close to me and, uh, and it's working. <laughs> Do you have any bees? Uh, yes, I have. Uh, the story with the bees is a bit complicated because unfortunately I'm allergic. Oh. And so I went to the hospital a couple of times. Okay. And so now I delegate that. And this guy is, uh, is having his own bees on my property. But yes, okay. of course. So you, get, you get anaphylactic shock, do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty dangerous. Yes, so my mother asked me, please, the bees are not. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. But another thing about why bees are important, um, apart from the fact that Fundamental. They, yeah, they're fundamental actually to our existence. The reason that they're important, apart from the fact that the pollination and all the rest of it, is over winter, in their tummies, they incubate wild yeast. So if you really want to start making wines with a wild, uh, wild yeast fermentation, bees are a great team to have around. Um, yeah, so, exactly, it's a yeah. great team. <laughs> so what we're, we're kind of talking about is, um, is having a really joined up, uh, it's biodiversity, isn't it? Yeah, so important, so important. So, I mean, your, your family think that, you know, you've got long hair and you, you think, oh, you know, another hippie kind of... Mm. You know, head in the clouds, but your feet are very firmly on the ground. But how do you deal with your family when they are very sceptical about what you're doing? Because obviously, if it's a family business, yes, exactly, uh, and you lose grapes, and they say, "Hang on, we're losing money. We can't pay the bank and all the rest of it." Exactly, you You got the point. Yeah, it was very difficult. Uh, It took a lot of time, um, ten years. And uh, on the other hand, I have I'm I'm the daughter, and so I can talk with my father in some way. And he let me a couple of actors free to experiment my theory. I didn't know anything about biodynamic at the time, so when I discovered it, I said, yes, Allora, there is something I can do properly, and I start to study, study, study. So I always say that, that in some sense, it was better that I waited so long because I, I arrived very prepared, and then I did it properly. I had the help of a, also a consultant at the beginning, more for my father than for me, but uh, it worked. We didn't, we didn't do any mistake and we didn't lose any single grape. The wine is better. My father is extra happy now. And so he can see that in the analysis when the grapes come in, he can see like things like acids, pH ratios and extractability of tannin and all that. It's, everything is better. Pip, pip color, pips are browner, I guess. And taste is so crunchy, so, so fruity, so cherry taste and it's so alive. I always joke and say, look at this wine, it's jumping out of the glass. It wants to run and uh, and to see the satisfaction of my father now is a great gift for me because it was hard at the beginning. I said, ah, uh, it was sort of, uh, it was open, uh, uh, there was some problem because it, you know, to confirm his theory. But on the other hand, he was a great man because even if he was quite nervous, he shut up, uh, he went away, you know, he, he understood that it was important. And so, um, big respect, great respect for my father. I don't think it's very easy to let uh, the kids go, even if uh, you, when you are not so convinced about that. Is he here today? Yes. Okay. Well, he's not. I don't know where he is, but uh, it's a shame he's not here. Do you speak Italian? Yes. Okay. Well, anyway, that's okay. All right, Madalena. Thanks very much. Thank you. Uh, Madalena, that's a very long name. Pasqua di Bichier. No, Madalena is fine. It's Madalena, okay. it's just to speak by the nabbing and say, hey, yeah. where's money? <laughs> so I just want to say thanks to Madalena Thank uh, you. for telling us all about Muzella and the chain of biodiversity you've established right from the tiniest infinitesimal little microorganism that's come out of a cow's udder that ends mm. up on the leaf to all the bacteria and fungi and yeast. Always oh, people say, people, people say what, what, yeah, what's uh, wine made from? It's made from yeast, fungi and bacteria. That's what it's made from. So um, without those guys, 
you can't make one. So, um, and it's great that you're that you've got that cycle of life yeah, it's that important. you've created. Yeah, there's so many things to do because yeah, then we didn't talk about preparation, the 500, the menor, the all the biodynamic, yeah, all the, the all the all the sorcery and all the rest of it that goes into biodynamics. Yeah, but, exactly. But in a nutshell, a little about biodynamics. You're you're trying to create a self-sustaining organism which is self-sufficiency which is what you've got with your animals and all your friends animals and you're saying that plants are shaped by substance solid stuff nutrients you know mineral elements and so on and by forces that pull vines up to the sun and then they pull no, you know exactly vines down to the uh, down to the earth with gravity if you think about that a nice taut vine that's got a strong tummy very fit like it's worked out and it's going to be stronger to person to resist pestilence diseases yeah that's what we're talking about yeah, yeah. you spoke very well anyway i've kind of spoken a bit too much but um i loved your way of explaining um the kind of the cycle of life okay it's good. great i mean you've got i mean you do look kind of hippie-ish i mean we can't see that on the radio but, but um you <laughs> know, it, hippie. yeah i know you know, <laughs> but, you know we saw you they, hang on if we look outside, outside the studio people go Okay, which one's the biodynamic one? It's like, okay, okay it's, <laughs> it's, it's got to be you. You know, it's not like, you know, we're going to lose a bet, right? Yeah. So, um, but it's but it's all about being coherent and um, and you most certainly have been. So thanks very much for coming in, Melina. Thank you. And um, anybody that's interested in biodynamics and you want to get try a really good biodynamic wine, get a bottle of Mosella. Wow, thank you. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. 